Welcome back to Crab Chat, the unofficial fantasy review that you never wanted nor asked for. I'm your host, Matty the Crab Man, and here are your round 16 headlines. <clears throat> the Crab Massacre. The waters of Crab Gully have been volatile this week, and that all came to a head yesterday in the darkest day of this league's history. Zach steals steel, Ben kills the league. There's the nutshell, more to come. Nathan is our next headline. Contrary to recent rumours, Nathan did not die of COVID and actually posted a video. Looking forward to hearing from him more in the next year or two. And finally on the headlines, new band to Who Dis. Turns out adding random people to the group chat is really funny and I hope that we keep doing it. Shout out to Jacked Mark McGowan and Liam Henry from Cameroon. And moving on to the Crabby Notice Board, just a bit of housekeeping. Um, friendly reminder to all crabs to please hang shit on Simon from Lost Folder every time Liam Henry fucks up for Frio. Um, big thank you goes out to Tim, Jordan and Zach for your efforts on this so far. Um, and to the other coaches, thanks in advance for your future input. Alrighty, flying along, let's look at the results from the week. Um, look, I'm just winging this one because I want to get on to the Crab Massacre, so just going to fly through this. Uh, Jumbo beat Jordan by 40-something. Ben beat me by about 100. Fuck that. Morgan beat Nathan by 200. Sam beat Kyle by 100 and... Oh, Jesus, 220. Uh, Tim beat Meraki. Both bottom feeders here having good games each. So Meraki's now game clear on the bottom. Um, but Tim beats Meraki with a huge 1238. Don't know where Tim pulled that from. Uh, and Zach beats Simon. Amazingly, I'm not sure I missed that one. But yeah, Zach beat Simon by 70 points. Wow. Uh, on to the ladder. So Morgan is now game clear, or two points clear on top. Um, ben behind by the two points, thanks to that draw he had with uh, Dinger earlier in the year. So Morg's on top. Percentage of 107 is also the best percentage in the comp at the moment. Ben in second with nine wins and a draw. Sam in third on nine wins. Uh, Crustacean still holds on to fourth spot on seven wins, but he's had, a, I think, only two wins in the last five games. Whereas Jumbo, who is um, in a hot patch of form, is on fifth place, tied on seven wins behind, only on percentage. And Lost Bola rounds out the top six on six wins. Also on six wins in seventh is Jordan from Pubic Lice STIFC. Moving down to eighth, ninth, and tenth, is Nathan, Kyle, and Tim, respectively, all on five wins. Zach in 11th, sorry, also on five wins. Uh, and then alone on the bottom on four wins is Joshua Maraki from That's The Way, uh-huh, uh-huh, it, on mixed 94.5%. Moving down to a controversial segment, but one that we all um, love and cherish here, apart from, I think it was only Simon who was anti, uh, is Pigs, oink, oink, uh, Jack Steele from St Kilda um, with a massive 157 uh, for Zach McCarry of the Canning River Scoopers. Um, great patch of form, Jack Steele, uh, and a great pickup in the draft by Zach. Second, Ollie Wines for Jumbo Seafood Awaylee A.
Orshin with 151. Huge score for Jumbo. Uh, then we got Paddy Dangerfield, 149 for the Claw. Zach Merritt, 143 for Tim. That explains Tim's top 100 plus score. Zach Merritt, week in, week fucking out. Um, certain forget captain. We all love to have that in his side. Uh, Mandaclorian FC had Darcy Parrish on 143. Another um, Essendon pig. And then Took Miller for Josh Marocchi. No, that's not right. I think that's fucked because of the recent trades. But Took Miller was 141 for Ben Edwards. Uh, and then Christian Petrarca also for the claw, 136. And then Mando had Aaron Hall and Jared Lyons both getting mid-130s. Ben Cunnington, uh, actually from Rocky this time on 131. And the journeyman rounding out the top 10, Dom Sheed for the claw with 129. Journey on, journeyman. All right, and now we have flown through the first two-thirds of the podcast in five and a half minutes. Let's go on to the part we're all here for. The extra topical segment, the deep dive, the analysis, this week's special, the Crab Massacre. Now, in the words of Mark LaCroix, you cunts know what happened. Um, and that really sums up the podcast um, concept as a whole, as we just as we touched on before. But I'm going to go through a step-by-step walkthrough of the events that led to the Crab Massacre. Um, reading up on it myself this morning, I think it provides a bit of clarity I think it adds a lot of context and um, puts all the information you need on this dividing ethical issue in one place. And it also creates an audio record for future generations when our sons and daughters play um, What Mug Crab 238 in um, years to come. They'll know, because they'll know the story of the Crab Massacre, but they'll have here a fresh account of events of what actually went down. Um, and why Ben was culled at the end of 2021. So in round 16, Ben of the Chicken Casseroles played Jared, me, of Crustacean FC. Now on the Thursday, Ben realises he has a DNP forward because Hogan wasn't named and Lambert was injured. Now at this point, I want to draw everyone's attention to the fact that if Leon Cameron or the GWS club and list management named Jesse Hogan to play... None of this would have happened. So you can point the finger at the Giants. But Hogan's not playing. Lambert's out injured. Ben's got a DMP forward. So he starts sliding in DMs for the comp, looking for loans. He hits up Tim, and he offers Tim a midfielder for Jake Stringer. Tim says, yep, Jack Steele. Ben laughs this off, but Tim holds his ground and says, no, Mundy and Shuey don't do it for me. I want Jack Steele. And then Ben says he'll consider it. Only to then reveal he's actually also been in conversation with Josh Marocchi. Oh, that's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. And he's decided to go with Snelling over Stringer. Tim shares that screenshot with the league and understandably Ben gets roasted. Now, during this spit roast, Zach sends this message and I quote, Stringer will not back up his last game. He's a hack. Snelling sucks too. Benny James, come chat to me about loans. Again, if Zach wasn't this sort of type of banter, this never would have happened. But Zach sends that message. Anyway, fast forward 12 hours to Friday morning and Kyle posts a screenshot of transaction history saying, quote, it's official, the league is broken. Kyle surely not realising how prophetic that message will turn out to be over the coming seven days. But anyway, the screenshot shows Benny had reneged on his trade deal with Marocchi and had actually taken Zach up on his offer. 
So he'd slid into Zach's DMs somewhere on Thursday night, Friday morning, and agreed to trade Tex Walker for Jack Steele. Simo instantly fumes. That night, Essendon plays Geelong. <laughs> Stringer goes 112. <laughs> and Snelling goes 97. Cue lots of banter. Now, fast forward to Saturday morning, and a bit of hindsight reveals that some of Zach's inner circle may have been in on Zach's plans about Jack Steele. In reference to Zach's team looking better than his ladder position, than his ladder position reflects, Kyle says, quote, helps when you get given a top five midfielder on a loan trade, to which Zach says, don't know why you did the quote mark, it's definitely a loan trade. I love loans. Saturday afternoon, Adelaide plays Brisbane. Tex Walker out injured on 32. Sunday morning, Zach realises Andrew Gaff... (laughs) Andrew Gaff is a late out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck, I'm just thinking about the Sam Ray thing. Anyway, Gaff is a late out and now has a DMP on his field with no bench cover (laughs) because his bench midfield has already played. So he tries to... He tries to delist Andrew Gaff to the pool for Sam Reid. The pool says no. <laughs> so he loads Jordan Dinger um, Gaff for Bailey Smith. Simo's fuming intensifies. <laughs> Sunday afternoon, Collingwood plays St Kilda. Clutch moment in the story. Collingwood plays St Kilda. Simo's captain, Brody Grundy, is playing Zach's captain, Jack Steele. Brody Grundy scores 99. Jack Steele scores a whopping 157. Zach wins. Simo fucking loses it. Kyle again putting some prophecies in the chat with, quote, Ben has ruined the league. And, quote, get this one. This is on Sunday. Kyle says, quote, I say we loan trade to Ben's opponent each week. Sunday night, Zach has the nerve to complain about his fantasy luck because he went to the bottom of the RFA order after the gaff read glitch. Scroll back and look what Tim says. It's fucking hilarious. Also, on Sunday night, some boys start cluing in to early signs of Steelgate. Simo comments, quote, Ben to miss finals without Jack Steele. Anyway, the coming days reveal the nature of Steelgate. <coughs> Steel never, um, all the loans start returning across the comp. Steel never, Steel never gets returned to Ben. I'm hoping that there was some screenshot somewhere I haven't seen of... Um, Ben offering the trade text walker for Jack Steele. <laughs> and it's just sitting in Zach's pending somewhere. Anyway, uh, Sunday night... Oh, sorry, yeah. Wednesday afternoon, Ben posts a three-minute, 42-second video, too long, in a half-baked southern accent, claiming the moral high ground and giving Zach a 24-hour ultimatum to return Jack Steele. Reactions to the video. Simon says, I support the non-return of Steele. Loan trading needs to be riskier. You flew the coop, Benny. Not our fault the fox got the chook. Zach says, You're in Darwin. What the fuck are you going to do after 12 hours? Steel has been scooped, in caps. And he sends a meme of him as um, Thanos saying, I invented loan trades. I'm ending loan trades. I think it was Thanos. I haven't seen any Marvel movies, so um, don't at me. Sam says, Jack Steel? No, Jack Stolen. Ben bites and he replies to Simo's take on the riskier loan trades, saying, quote, 
This is good, I think, and can be the new rule, but surely has to be after the steel trade. When we traded, loans were allowed, stealing wasn't. You can't say stealing should be allowed as of a week ago. Ben gets fact-checked on this. I replied, the risk always existed. And Zach replied, or Zach pointed out last year in 2020, when then flog missioner Tim Robertson deemed it legal and deemed tr- loan trades legal with the clause that the loanee could not trade back as the risk. That precedent had already been set with Crips for lob. Ben hits back with the AGM. Honestly, can't remember a thing from the AGM, so I'm not saying if this is true or not, but this is what Ben said. Uh, at the AGM, loan steals were raised and the coaches agreed it was good banter, but a shit rule. Zach hits back with yes, and nothing was done about it. Interesting. I'm not sure if anything conclusive happened at AGM, but I think Sam took minutes, apparently. Uh, Dinger, the commissioner, finally intervenes in this exchange because it looks like Zach and Ben have got a lot of back and forth here. Dinger intervenes by sending a message that for the life of me, I can't decipher. It says, quote, Okay, guys, seriously, Ben can loan this one time and he can get his way, but everyone else stop. Lol, lol, lol. Oh, my God, you okay, Betty? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> right, well, on what planet does that message make any sense? Anyway, Ben puts his foot down with, quote, Zach, you got nine and a bit hours. Zach replies, or what? Ben says, commish, the league is yours. Dinger shows his real colours with, what league? Followed with, quote, 2021 is the league of the free mud crab to frolic from pond to pond. 2022 will have a different flavour, end quote. Essentially, all bets are off for the season. Anarchy rules, chaos reigns. Ben takes this as freedom to execute his killer move once Zach's clock runs out. <clears throat> so Thursday morning, the next day, rolls around and Zach has not returned steel. So Ben spits the dummy and decides he's taking the whole league down with him by sending top shelf players to Kyle, Tim and Meraki, Zach's fellow bottom feeders, in exchange for pennies. Enter the Crab Massacre. Zach references 2020 when he traded players at the end of the season once he was safe from punishment and was forced to undo the trades when Meraki complained. Ironically, Meraki is complicit in this here by receiving a trade from Ben. So Josh replies, quote, I think it's pretty simple here then. Steel goes back and all of Ben's trades return. That's absolutely horrible logic in my honest opinion from Josh. Meraki then drive-bys Digger for some reason by saying, 2020 was a simpler time with leadership and direction. Dinger then amazingly replies with the most coherent and literate message I've ever seen from him by saying, Steel does not go back. Ben has to learn here that alone is your own dumb risk. That's enough reading from the transcript from this point. You can scroll through the rest if you want. But from this point, lots of messages keep coming through. But essentially, all the coaches start offering their two cents on the conflict. Um, And the two main issues at hand were obviously the rescinding of a loan trade, and trading players to bottom sides to influence the wooden spoon, because you all know the punishment's more exciting than the incentive in this comp. <coughs> what became obvious was that there are no rules anymore for 2021, and that these issues are never going to be solved in the group chat. What I think this league needs, this is now just my soapboxing, what I think this league needs to secure, I think this year is a write-off, whatever, and I've had a few messages come through from some boys saying this season's fucked. What I think this league needs to secure longevity going forward is the swearing in of the 2022 commissioner before the AGM, 
the new commissioner then needs to chair the AGM before we're drunk. We need to come into the AGM, well, the commission needs to come into the AGM with these main divisive issues, as well as any other issues, on an agenda. You can only speak when you're holding the UE boom charger. That's quorum. Then all those issues in the agenda, take votes. If there's no quorum and the commissioner has the deciding vote, everyone then lives with the decision for the season to come until we reconvene the next season and we can vote again. But we need to have clear laid down rules on these two main ones, loan trades and collusion trades, as well as anything else people want to raise. Done and dusted AGM, then start skinning some beers. Anyway, that's my two cents. Archie Dickens, um, I don't know, Nathan can have it for this week. Uh, Predictions for the round to come. Round 17. Where are my fixtures? Well, we're already one game in as Melbourne played... um, What's that club? Uh, What do you call them? Port Adelaide. And had a nice five-goal win. So we've already started. So Dinger is currently leading Ben, 155 to 86. Dinger is sixth with two losses in the last two rounds, whereas Ben is second with two wins in the last two rounds. So Ben's in form, but we've all seen what Ben's done to his team. Um, he's lost steel. He has no midfield. His best midfielder is Davis Swallow. <laughs> Ben's captain is David Swallow, averaging 88.9. Um, fuck me, that's funny. Uh, he's got Tom Phillips, Memory and Hogan down forward. <laughs> uh, his whole bench aren't playing, so I think Dinger gets the wins in this one. Uh, the next fixture is Jumbo Seafood, Awaylee, uh Playing Nathan of the Bowdens. Uh, so John's off to an early lead here. He's had uh, two midfielders play, <coughs> whereas Nathan's only had one defender. So um, his vice captain, Ed Langdon, has gone 86. So he's definitely captaining Bontempelli this week. Uh, but looking at the sides, I think John's in a hot patch of form. Nathan is just capitulating. So John takes the chockies in this one. Uh, and then we've got Crustacean FC playing Sam Gillis now. I would have definitely said Sam uh, 24 hours ago, but amazingly last night, Tom McDonald comes home as Zach returns him after a loan trade um, and goes 100 again two weeks in a row. So Tom McDonald, bit of a purple patch me down forward. Charlie Dixon was a new recruit from the pool. He gets me a respectable 76. He's had uh, six very good weeks in a row now. So um, I'll take that as Aaron Norton is injured. And Salami goes 108. So I'm off to a flying start with my best players yet to play. Um, just my midfield hole with Chera and Hopper is going to hurt me. Gillis is a good team, but a week is a long time of fantasy footy. He's up and about after his big score last week, but he was fucking useless the week before. So I'm going to predict that I'll take the bickies here. Crustacean FC for mine. Then we've got Morgan playing Josh first versus 12. You do the math. Then we've got Kyle playing Zach. Ninth versus 10th. This is actually a crucial fixture. And no players have actually registered a score yet. So zero plays zero. Um, a must-win game for both. Both clubs have taken a good player out of um, the chicken casserole. They've both nicked a little chicken drumstick from the casserole dish. 
Um, obviously, Zach's prized possession steal is um, a trump card over Kyle's steal of Jack Crisp. That being said, he's got Callum Mills has moved middle. Interesting. Um, but I guess midfielders are starting to get a bit harder to find these days. And there's just a um, plethora of defenders, particularly in um, Kyle's team. He's already said before he's got about 12 defenders. He's got Chris May, Nick Newman, Jack Crisp, Callum Mills, Nick Hind, Alex Witherboom, and Dyson Heppel. Uh, so anyway, interesting note there. I'm delaying because I've got no idea who's going to win this game. I'm going to pick Kyle. Um, he's going to put the hammer blow into Zach's season here. Uh, then moving down, we've got Tim versus Simo, 7th um, versus 8th, evenly matched size. They both had one midfielder play each, and both those blokes went sub-100. Boke, 93. Viney, 81. Should be a close one. Um, but I think... Yeah. Mm, Jesus, tough. They've both got good captain, Grundy and Merritt. Uh, Tim recently taking Marshall away from um, the casserole was going to help him. I'm going to go Tim for an upset win here. And that's the fixtures. And that's the potty. 21 minutes. How's your mum? Catch you later.